It's been said that every quilt tells a story, and it's so true. But I also believe every quilter has a story to tell. I wanted to hear about the people behind these wonderful quilts and thought you'd enjoy hearing about their lives also. Welcome to A Quilter's Life. Don Cryer is the owner of the quilt shop Chestnut Ridge Sewing in Millersburg, Ohio. You can tell as we visit that Don loves her Chestnut Ridge family and enjoys seeing her customers' creativity. I so enjoyed taking a three-day workshop with Krista Moser at Don's shop and getting to experience firsthand the warmth that Don and her staff shower on everyone. Don, thank you so much for joining us on A Quilter's Life. Well, thank you for inviting me. It was so much fun to come up to your shop and take the retreat with Krista Moser. I got to interview Krista about a year ago, and that was so much fun. And when I saw she was going to be at your shop, I had to sign up, and I had a wonderful time. I'm glad you came. She is a huge draw for us. I think we decided this was her fifth visit, and people sign up quite a ways in advance to get in because she's very popular. So we're glad you could join us. Yeah, it sounded like as you were scheduling her for next year, people were already signing up or wanting to at least? They are wanting to. We actually did secure the dates just yesterday or the day before. We secured the 2024 dates between her and then the hotel that gives us a block of room. So everything is set for next year. So the people who attended this year's event will actually get like a follow-up letter, post-event letter from Joanne. It'll explain the dates that we have picked for next year. We don't, of course, know the projects yet because Krista comes up with new designs every year for us. So we're kind of excited to see what's next. It was so much fun. We'll get more into your business a little bit, but I'm so excited to share about that and hear what you have to say. Well, thank you. Let's jump back to, tell me where you were born and raised. I was actually born and raised in Southern California. My husband and I and our two children moved here to Northeast Ohio in 2006. So I spent the first part of my life there in Southern California. I was born in Westminster. I'm curious what part of Southern California you were born in. I was born in Fullerton. Okay. So then I grew up right in Anaheim near Disneyland. And then eventually we moved to the high desert. So that's where I met my husband. Yeah. Okay. Please share a special childhood memory. I was thinking about that. Probably sewing-related childhood memory. I was maybe eight or nine, and I wanted a sewing machine. So my mom and dad went out, and I believe my first sewing machine was from JCPenney's. And they brought that home. I think it was a birthday gift. And I got some fabric from a lady that lived next door, and I would just sit and sew squares. Sew little squares together and make big chains of squares. I guess I planned to make a quilt, but I don't think anything came of it. But I remember having all these squares just sewn together of different fabrics. She made clothing, so they would be a dress fabric. So all these pieces just sewn together. And I had a big sack of it and I would carry that around, lay things out. But that would be my sewing childhood memory that I'm thinking back at. Were there any other childhood memories, non-sewing that you were wanting to share? One year, I think I was 
my fifth birthday, I got a pony. I remember we didn't get to keep it at our house. We didn't have any place to keep it. But I remember my dad taking me to a little farm in Orange County. There was a lot of orange groves and farmland still back then. I got my first little pony. So that would probably be my favorite childhood memory of a treat I got for my birthday. Wow, that's a big treat. (laughs) Can you tell us about your employment throughout the years? Let's see. I started in banking. So I did probably seven years of banking. I left the bank and went into insurance. And I did that for quite some time. Then my children came along. So I didn't want to work full time at that point. I got involved with a friend and we were building homes in California. So we did that for a while. I did that right up to the time we moved here to Ohio. So that's kind of the three things I did before coming here. I actually worked here before I purchased the store. So those would be my three main jobs that I had before I came here and took on Chestnut Ridge Sewing. I'm curious. My dad worked for Bank of America, both in Southern and Northern California. Okay. So I was curious, was that the bank you worked for or a different bank? Uh, Bank of America was right next door. I actually went to National Bank, but it was a little privately owned. Some investors in the area we live that put together the National Bank. But my friends all worked at Bank of America next door. (laughs) (laughs) So what brought you to Ohio? Well, my husband had been born and raised in Ohio, and then he moved to Southern California. But we would come back here for vacations and visiting family. And I just decided one day that I thought it would be a better place to raise my kids. So we made a plan and it took us about two or three years to actually make the move. We purchased some land out here. We came out with our motorhome and kind of checked out the area. We picked a piece of land and then I had a nephew that had had a home built by an Amish builder. So I went and visited that builder and got some floor plans together. And over the next couple of years, we built the house here in Ohio. And the kids were still young enough where we could kind of move them without too much trauma. So we moved them out here. They were, I think, 10 and 12 when we moved. So it was kind of the time to do it. If we didn't do it, then it would be too difficult after they got a little bit older. So that's what we did. And we've been very happy with our decision. Amish country here in Ohio is a wonderful area. It's just beautiful. We just love it. Don, is there anything else about your family you would like to share? Uh, let's see. I have my husband. We've been married 33 years. And then I have a son and a daughter, a daughter-in-law and a son-in-law, one granddaughter and two grand dogs. So that's, that's my little family. <laughs> have the kids been able to stay close where you see them often or are they spread out? Well, my son is close with his wife and my granddaughter. They're just uh, maybe 15 minutes away from us. My daughter and her husband are currently living in Florida. So we're trying to get them back here to Ohio. We're working on that. (laughs) I know my dad drug his feet on coming back to Ohio because he liked not having snow. Her and her husband both enjoy the beach. So it's been tough, but I think there's a time I think it might be coming. So hopefully they're going to be moving back with us. (laughs) If you had the opportunity to talk to your great, great, great grandchildren, what would you want them to know? I guess I just want to share my joy of sewing. 
it's quilting, crafting. I just would want to share with them all the things that we've done over the years. I love to cook and things like that. So I guess just be able to tell them the things I love to do, how I spent my days. Besides quilting, are there other crafts that you do or have done in the past? Always with quilting, I did cross-stitch. So cross-stitch was another huge part of my, my little crafting. There was beading. I did some beading over the years and crocheting. But I've always come back to my quilting. I've always quilted. You know, you give up cross-stitching for a while and you give up the crocheting, but I've never given up on the sewing and quilting. Hmm. It does tend to draw us in. How about other hobbies? I just have two other main hobbies, I would say. I love to cook and I love gardening. So those would be my other hobbies that I really am passionate about. So you didn't keep a horse all those years? No. (laughs) No. (laughs) The horse was a one-time thing. (laughs) I think my dad just asked me what I wanted for my birthday and I said, I want a pony. And so he got my pony. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think any of your hobbies or other crafts show up in your quilting? I would say probably the gardening would. I've always gone towards the florals and things like that, but I don't really merge like, you know, my cross stitch, I never made into quilts or anything like that. So it probably, I mean, quilting's just kind of been my quilting But you might see a little bit with, like I said, with maybe the florals and things like that, the color. Mm -hmm. You mentioned the color. Do you think your favorite colors in flowers or other gardening things, that those show up in the colors you choose for your quilts? Absolutely. (laughs) If I looked outside at my flowers, they are the colors of my quilts. There's no doubt. Who introduced you to quilting or how did you begin to quilt? I had an aunt who was quite a seamstress and she did some quilting, but not, you know, this is years and years ago. So it wasn't quite like what we do now. Besides that, at one point I owned a little cabin in Big Bear, California, and there was a little quilt shop there. So a couple of friends, we went through this little town and we wandered into this quilt shop and she actually was a Bernina dealer as well. It was when quilting was just coming back. So in the eighties and the early nineties and quilting was just becoming this big thing and Eleanor Burns was in this. And so we started frequenting that shop and we eventually started taking some classes there. So that's where I got introduced, I guess. And quilting, you know, just has grown and grown and grown. So I've watched it over the past, you know, 35 years as it just keeps on going. It has amazed me even how it has grown in the last couple of years. Exactly. I mean, people, I think, you go to your accountant or someone who's sewing, quilting. Do they still do that? It's like you, you have no idea. It does keep expanding and younger people coming in. It's not a phase. I mean, it's definitely not a phase. This is a big industry. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a quilt you made or that someone else made, do you have a favorite quilt or quilt pattern? I was trying to figure that one out. I love my Judy Niemeyer quilts. So I'd probably have to say that one of those would be, and I couldn't even really pick which one's my favorite, but I really love her quilts. I've done several of them. Probably that's my biggest draw is the paper piecing. I love it. I love the precision. I love the crisp 
points and everything that you get from paper piecing. So probably just in general be Judy Niemeyer quilts. Those are my favorites. Those quilts are beautiful. Mm -hmm. Out of all the tools that we get to use, do you have a favorite? I would say this is my favorite because it's my most used tool is my stiletto. I cannot sew without my little, actually, I use the one that's the Biani stiletto. And that would be, I think, my most useful and my most often used tool. So I guess that's going to be my favorite. Krista had mentioned that too. So I bought a purple thing, hoping I could oh, purple thing. Mm-hmm. figure that out at the retreat. And I didn't quite get the hang of it. So I'm wondering if it has a little bit too much give and if I need to find something like the one you mentioned probably doesn't have any give, right? No, it is a wooden handle and then a metal, pretty sharp point on it. The wooden handle we really like because she's built in a little flat spot on it. So when you set the tool down, it doesn't roll. So even though it's kind of, you know, round, it hits that point and it stops. And then the metal, there's no flex in it at all. The purple thing, we've used those in the past more for paper piecing. We use that to get the paper off. So we kind of poke in with that tip because it's not sharp at all. We poke in, get underneath the paper, and then just kind of work our way underneath and pop the papers off. That's what I've always used my purple thing for. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) With all the steps that we have in our quilting process, is there one step you really enjoy or do you like each step along the way? I would say I like each step along the way. And then my favorite's going to be the binding because that's going to be, we're done. That's going to be the finishing touch. And I, there's really not a part of quilting that I don't like. I think I love picking the fabric, piecing. I don't mind cutting. I don't mind squaring up squares. I really enjoy it all. There's many different elements that we do, but I really like them all. I used to just ask which was the favorite part, but I did find that many people loved each step. Yeah. Describe your worst quilting experience. Well, I told you about that first quilt shop that we went in in Big Bear. So when we go in, I see a quilt hanging in the window. She has these beautiful windows and she's got this star quilt hanging in the window. And I said to my friend, I said, we're going to sign up. We're going to do that. She says, well, we can't. We don't know how to quilt. And I said, but we know how to sew. We can do this. So we go in and they quiz us, you know, before they sign us up for the class, they want to know if we've taken their quilting 101. I said, oh, I said, we're quilters, you know, we know what we're doing. So she said, you have all your supplies. I go, mm-hmm. but what supplies, what would that be? Your rotary cutter, you have a ruler. I said, well, not here. I said, we would have to get some for here because we don't live up here. So we get all our stuff and I'm taking the rotary cutter out of the packaging and cut myself. Right off the bat, I thought, that's what I get for lying. Because <laughs> I told this lady I knew what I was doing. I don't want anybody to know this, but I'm, you know, trying to get a tissue, put it around this cut and not get the blood on the fabric. And I thought, maybe this is not, <laughs> this is not meant for me. But I thought, nope, we're going to do it. So, and then we told her we were going to share our tools. I said, well, we're just going to share. We don't want to lug all that stuff up here. So. Probably that first one and that quilt was never finished. I finished other quilts, but that particular quilt that I jumped in, we did not finish. We went actually from that quilt, we went back down to a 
trip around the world quilt that we did in a class there. So that one was finished, but probably that first class was probably my worst experience of quilting. But other than that, it's all been good. (laughs) So you've been on that side of it. Have you seen people come in that you can tell we're not telling the truth on? (laughs) (laughs) Probably not so much, but she wanted to make sure we have these classes. And I thought, well, we don't need that. I mean, we know how to sew. But yeah, there was a lot more to quilting. But, you know, look at it now. You can watch a video. You can watch a YouTube. You know, I got all this stuff. But back then we had to look at the book and, you know, read the directions and all that. But yeah, once we got past that, it was all good. (laughs) Don, there's so many things that we could do with our time. Why do you think you spend your time quilting rather than doing anything else? I would say it goes back to that process. There's just so many enjoyable parts of the process. Even if you're just going to make something out of your stash, you get to go back into your fabric and find pieces of fabric you just forgot you had or you bought with somebody and you think, oh, this was, you know, I remember when I got this fabric at a show or we do a lot of trips with my friends. And, you know, just to look back at those memories and think of where we got those fabrics, you bring that out and it just makes you happy. It amazes me how we can look at a piece of fabric and we have those emotional ties to it. Oh, exactly. And then there's so many designers out right now. Look at a Krista Mosier. Can I do that? I mean, let's try that ruler. You want to try all the... And that's probably maybe my downfall too, is I see these patterns. Oh, I got to try that. So I try it and I get partially through, but Sometimes I have to go back later and finish it up because now I've moved on to the next thing that looked <laughs> that looked exciting. But there's just so much out there, just everything. So many different rulers, so many different tools, and you just want to try them all. And it probably doesn't help having your own shop where it's no. all available. I always tell my husband, that's my job. I got to find out what's new. And that's really what I've done ever since I've been here is just kind of chasing after the next new thing to see what's out there. You know, they're always making something that's going to make things easier or faster or more accurate. And you're just always pursuing that, I guess. Mm -hmm. So when you have the opportunity to make a quilt that's not for the shop, who are you making your quilts for? I have a couple close friends and now I have a little granddaughter. so. I've made some things for her, kind of put them aside for, you know, when she gets a little bit older, but mainly just my daughter gets some, my son gets some things. So I guess it's just family and close friends right now. Nice. Do you have a special project going on right now? In May, was it May? We went down to Shipshawana and we had a certified Judy Niemeyer instructor and we were working on the carnival flower. So that's what I'm working on. I do a lot of embroidery shop samples. And in between that, I sit down and sew. And I've been working on that carnival flower. And then I don't know if you saw, we have a canvas rug class coming up. So I've been kind of working on that canvas rug, getting pieces traced and cut out for that. And a little bit of Judy Niemeyer and then a little bit of embroidery. So that's what's been keeping me busy. I think you could be busy without... All the work of your shop. (laughs) You're amazing. There's a lot. Describe your sewing space. And I'm assuming you have a sewing space at home also. 
I do. It's in my basement. So the finished part of my basement is my little sewing studio, I guess. In the evenings, I do work for the store. And then I also do my quilts and my embroidery down there. It's nice when we can have a dedicated space for that. I kind of took over. It's got a bedroom down there, a bathroom, a kitchen. I thought we would have it more as a family area, but it did kind of just turn into my quilting space. Share a quilting tip. I think my quilting tip would be pressing. I know Krista Mosier even did something on this too. The pressing is just such an important part of quilting. I think that everyone needs to know how to press. There's different ways to press. There's different tools to use for pressing. But I think that would be my biggest thing is to master pressing. It makes such a big difference in the finished product. It's huge. It is a huge part of quilting. Describe how you went from having quilting as a hobby and it became a business for you. Well, when I moved here, I was just going to do some part-time work. I didn't plan to do anything full-time. And I came into the store here to have a machine repaired. And actually, the girl that was working here, her sister, I think, did our tile. She um, worked for the flooring store. And she had told me that they were looking for someone here at the shop. She says, my sister is actually leaving and they're going to be looking for somebody. And I said, well, I might consider something part-time. So when I came in, the ladies that had the shop said, yeah, she's right. We're looking for somebody. And I said, well, let me take an application and see. And so I started part-time. It was just kind of right for me at that time because my kids were involved in a lot of sports. So I wasn't really tied down to a nine-to-five job. I could come and go as I needed since it was just a part-time job. So that's kind of how it started. I was just here as an employee. Share the name of the business in, I'm curious if that was the name of the business when you bought it or did you change the name when you bought it? The business actually started 38 years ago as Chestnut Ridge Sewing. That's this little area here up on the ridge. We have Chestnut Ridge School across from us. I never had any plans to change the name of the business. I wanted it to continue. That's the name people know. It's been here, like I said, 38 years and so... I thought that was appropriate to just leave it as it was. Mm -hmm. And you bought the shop from Linda Mitchell? That's right. Mm -hmm. And how did that all unfold? I was with her, I think about eight or 10 years, and she was ready to retire. And so her daughter was here and myself and a couple other employees. And I think she went to her daughter to see if her daughter wanted the business. And she wasn't interested. And then she came to me and asked me if I might be interested. And I thought about it and I thought, well, I don't see why not. (laughs) I'll give it a try. So I think we had, I, I don't think more than six months from the first time we talked to when the sale actually closed. But yes, it was just, I think her time to retire. And I was here and she asked me if I was interested. When you took it over, was that back room where the quilting classes takes place? Was that there or did you add that on? It was probably about a quarter of that size. So a small classroom there in the back, they basically just did the guide classes. So the guide classes, when people buy a new machine, she was doing those type of classes, but no real project classes or events were going on at that time. 
So when I got it, we decided to expand. That was one of the first things we did was expand that classroom so we could have events. Bernina was really getting heavy into eventing. And I thought, well, if we're going to make a go of this, we got to get that space going. So we did that space. I think probably the first year we took out some walls and made that space. And Mr. Ulchi, the president of Bernina from Switzerland came and he was our first guest (laughs) in that classroom. So that was kind of a fun time. But yeah, that was not the classroom you see now. How exciting to have the president of Bernita come to your shop. Wow. It was an honor. We were very excited. It was a fun time. We told our customers to come in with their machines if they wanted their machines autographed or their manuals from their machines. And we had some special Yeti cups we had made and he signed those. It was a fun day. Very fun day. How exciting. When I walked into your shop, I knew it was going to be busy because of looking at your website and calling up there for some information. But when I walked in and saw your workers, they were all busy. I mean, not too busy to welcome me. I really appreciated being welcomed and they made me feel at home. But it was exciting to see everything that was going on. You have so much going on with the long arming area, the machine repair and service, and your classes, and so much more. I think when I was up there, I heard something about clubs. Do you have something with clubs? We do. The biggest club we have going right now is the Serger Club. So Bernina came out with a new top of the line serger. We started selling a lot of those sergers, and the ladies. We're looking for some more projects and things. So one of the girls that contracts with me, she does a lot of garment sewing and a lot of serger projects. She kind of came up with the idea that we would have a serger club. So people join the serger club. This year, we're doing it kind of like on a quarterly theme. So every quarter, there's a new theme. So we've had a home deck theme. We've had a garment theme. Not sure what our next themes are, but there's some themes coming up. So they've just exploded. They've been a great addition. Like I said, that was a new product for Bernina, this top of the line air threading serger. So we needed to have some classes. That's the biggest thing. We've always wanted to have the classes to back up the machines. You know, if you're going to spend that kind of money on a machine, show me what to do with it. What can I do with this machine? The girls do a great job. You met Joanne. She does a lot of the quilting classes. We have a gal, Carol, that does our purses. And then that's where we keep busy is those classes and events. Like I said, Bernina has a lot of events that they promote. And then we've just gone through different instructors and different teachers and try to bring all those in. But club-wise, I think that's what you're referring to is that Serger Club. And neat. Like I said, you have so much going on there at your shop that there's something for everyone. I hope so. <laughs> we do, like you mentioned, the long arms. That's become a big part of our business as well, Bernina's long arm. There's kind of a price point for everyone. There's the sit downs, there's the frames. We have two style frames. We have a studio frame and a pro frame. So there's price points for everyone there as well. We started, I think about a year, it's probably been two years now. We actually bring people in and we train them to rent time on the long arm. Other shops do it, it's not original, but they come in, they get certified. And then they can do either a sit-down model, they can do the frame, or they can do the frame with the automation. So a lot of the ladies were here right around graduation was a busy time because 
we had a lot of people coming in with the quilts they're doing for graduation gifts. So they were in and, and then you can say, you know, I've done my quilt from start to finish. So for people who don't have a space for a machine at home, they can rent time and come in here and do that. So that area is our newest area. If you were at the store previously, that wall came down, I think, two years ago. Maybe it's three now. And that opened up that area for the long arms. And then behind that area, we actually took over another little spot for smaller classes. So besides the big classroom that you saw when you were here, there's a smaller classroom. It sits, I think six people can sit in there and it's got its own little monitor in there. So we do some smaller guide classes and some software classes in there as well. It's just amazing everything you have going on. I had made an assumption that some of the people that were working at your shop were Mennonite because of the electronics at your shop. And when I got there, I was teasing with Joanne and some other people. I was making a joke about something that had been on TV. And I said she probably wouldn't know about it because she was so much younger. And Joanne said she wouldn't know about it anyway. It's because she's Amish. So I found out that Amish are working for you. How is it working with the Amish? It's been great. I don't know if you met Mike, our head technician. He's been here at the store longer than I have. I think he's on his 28th year here. He started when he was 15. He's actually related to Tom and Rhoda, who I spoke of before. They started the business originally 38 years ago. And he's Amish. And as his kids got older, we started bringing him in. So one of his sons is here as a full-time technician. And we've had two of his daughters working for us. And one's still here now. And they've learned a lot. The machines are almost like computers, you know what they're like. And they've all been doing computer work. We've trained them to do different things. We have a point of sale system that they've been trained on. When they've come here, they've learned a lot that they probably wouldn't have learned if they went somewhere else to work because it is kind of not high tech, but you know, there's a lot of technology used in this business and they enjoy it. I mean, it's not what they go home and do, but they do it while they're here. It just amazed me. I thought it was wonderful. My understanding was that Amish didn't even work with electricity. So that was interesting to me. Yeah. Is there anything else about Chestnut Ridge Sewing you wanted to share? I don't think we talked much about the service department. When I bought the business, I kind of looked at that department of this and thought, even if hardly anybody comes through the door to do anything else, we can always do service. Getting a sewing machine repaired is, I guess, becoming more and more difficult. There's fewer and fewer stores or anybody that's offering service. You know, the bigger stores obviously do. But I know in the local areas, a lot of the older gentlemen that repaired sewing machines aren't around anymore. So we have three full-time technicians that are here every day. And then we have another gentleman who's here three days a week. So we repair a lot of machines. That's a big part of our business. And a big part of the business too of when somebody's looking to buy a machine that you know if there's a problem with this machine, I have service. That's what we always tell people that's most important, even if they're not going to buy from us. When they go somewhere, find a store that's going to be able to service your machine and they're going to be able to do the education and the training on the machine. Because without those two things... You're not going to enjoy your sewing experience if you have a machine that breaks down and you can't get it fixed. Or you have a machine that does all this stuff, but nobody can show you how to do it and explain it. So we kind of pride ourselves that we have this great service department. Like I said, Mike has been here for 
28 years. There's nothing he hasn't seen. He's seen all the Berninas through those years. We went to Switzerland a couple of years ago and he got to see machines that he worked on since he was 15 years old, you know, that are there. It's a great business. It's a fun business. I can't say enough about it. And every time I walked past that area, they were busy. There was just not a time that they weren't working on something. There are machines. We had to build, well, we didn't build it. We had it kind of attached to the building because we're not allowed to expand out anymore. So we've kind of modified a few things and we built a little shed or had a little shed attached just to house the machines that are waiting for service. So most of the Berninas are repaired within two weeks. They're in and out of here in two weeks. The non-Berninas, we only have one gentleman that works on those. So those do take a little bit longer, but we do service all makes and models. We have a lot of machines go through here a year. Where can we find Chestnut Ridge Sewing? Our address is Millersburg, but physically we are between Berlin and Walnut Creek. So we're three miles east of Berlin. Berlin seems to be the place that everybody knows. That's the downtown area here in Amish country, right off State Route 39. And we're a township road 401. There's a farmhouse in front of us, between us and State Route 39. Right off, you can see our sign from the road. It was a lot easier to find than I had expected. So I appreciate that sign up by the road. (laughs) That's very helpful. And share your website. We are chestnutridgesewing.com. We have a website. We have an Instagram page, a Facebook page, and a Friends of Chestnut Ridge Facebook page. And our Friends of Chestnut Ridge Facebook page, that's been fun. Joanne and I started that. I think we had like 100 people on it at first. And so she developed some sew-alongs that just kind of built our following. And I think we have like 3,000 friends of Chestnut Ridge now. They're from all over. First, we were going to try to keep it just people we knew and, you know, that we knew they come here. But there are people on there from all over. It's like for people who want to share their projects or ask a question or basically just show what they've been working on and things like that. So Facebook is fun, but that Friends of Facebook page is kind of just a fun place to see what our customers are working on. And I put stuff on there when we've had a class and we've had a lot of fun. We post pictures so everybody can kind of see what we're doing too. Again, the quilting community is just growing and growing and that shows in that group. It does. Don, thank you so much for sharing your story. I so appreciate getting to talk to you and visit with you again. Oh, Paula, thank you for inviting me. This has been wonderful. I appreciate it. And it was wonderful to talk to you. Oh, thanks. All righty. Goodbye. Bye-bye. You can find more stories on aquilterslife.com or subscribe on your favorite podcast player so each episode will be downloaded automatically. Also, I want to hear about you and your wonderful quilts please contact me, Paula Chamberlain, through the website to set up an interview. And as always, thanks for listening.